And back with another edition of The Real Money Show, hosted by Guildhall Wealth Management, a show about the incredible, incredible potential of owning physical gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. Uh, got Darren in studio and Jeremy. Guys, let's get rolling here. The number is one 877 silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Make sure you pick up the investor kit. Get that precious metal advisor. You can also learn on the website and through the show today how to invest in uh, precious metals with your RSP, RESP, TFSA, and other secured uh, ways to do that. And top right of the uh, the website, you'll get the e-store. You can start uh, purchasing gold and silver in the comfort of your own home, as they say, Darren. How are you, pal? What's going on? Not too bad, John. It's been a good week. And first, let's start off with a big thank you to all of the new clients at Guildhall, whether it was uh, RSP or TFSA bullion account that was open this week, whether it was just a straight bullion purchase. We had some new depository clients. And we also want to thank the diamond buyers, of course, which we'll be talking about later in the show. But this week for precious metals was excellent. We've seen silver traverse back up towards the $15 range and, of course, stay above it now as we're taping this show on Thursday. And in a couple of hours from now, we're going to find out what the feds in the U.S. have decided to do, whether interest rates are staying the same or going the other direction. So if you're hearing this show on Saturday, it may have already happened, in which case it may have impacted pricing. But at any rate, Gold is holding above the 1100 range, and uh, this is the show where we're going to start talking about how to get on this bandwagon called silver. And uh, hop on. We want to have you aboard. We're going to talk about silver going back to $50 an ounce. We believe the train has left the station, and it's about to start picking up some steam. So this is an interesting show uh, to be listening to. We're going to be referring to a few different articles we read this week. We had a great week. Jeremy, you were busy this week, I know. Yeah, we've been very busy, and <clears throat> if you've been watching the silver market and looking at uh, the silver websites and everything, uh, or listening to David Morgan, who we're going to have on the show in a couple of weeks, you'll know that there is a shortage of physical supply in the market, and we've we picked up a lot of clients who've come to Guildhall because their regular supplier didn't have the product, and uh, we congratulate them for for coming on board. And this is a problem. This is this is this is where the rubber hits the road, where you start to see physical shortages in the silver market, where you where everyone says, "I don't understand how you can have a shortage and have the price so low," and that's just exactly it. This cannot last forever. The price can't drop to zero. It's interesting when the price comes down, people always are looking for an even lower and lower price. But at the end of the day, we're under the cost of production. There's major back orders on physical product right now because the price is so low. So savvy investors are taking advantage. They're the ones who are prepared for when the price does, in fact, go to $50. And when you look at the debts that have been created over the last few years, you look at how much money printing has been created, how much larger the banks have gotten, how much more leverage is in the system. It's such a simple equation to see how silver could run much, much higher. And it's not just that. We're going to talk about all of the fundamentals that are driving the price higher and uh, look forward to... In- Letting all of the listeners know what exactly is going to be driving this price higher. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. So what is the next move, the next big move, I guess, Darren, for silver? Well, if you look at the markets and what they're telling us, you'd certainly be staying away from silver and gold. I'm not going to deny that there has been an outcry of support for everything but commodities in the last number of months. However, silver, having had a rough year, and of course, since 2011's high of $49 an ounce, being down year over year. It's been disappointing, John, but there are plenty of signs pointing out there that this is the next uh, big, huge moment waiting in the market where we're going to see change occur that'll be significant and take the price of silver and gold far higher. And the last time, remember, that silver was down in the dumps like it has been was um, during 2008's epic stock panic when silver was pummeled under $9 an ounce. You couldn't give away paper silver back then. Of course, we know that the story was different in physical, but just like today, traders were totally convinced silver was doomed to, to spiral lower indefinitely. Yet out of that very despair, a huge bull was uh, being born. And over the next two and a half years, silver actually skyrocketed 442%. Now to say that that's happened once in a market would be amazing. But how about as a listener, if I told you that silver has done that no less than 
four times in the last 12 years. This is an incredible moment if I'm a silver investor to be in this market looking to spend a bit of my discretionary investment income to diversify my portfolio. Silver is a great place to start. We're going to talk a little bit about the ratio today and of course what we expect out of both metals. But over that uh, time span that we were just talking about, the the benchmark S&P 500 stock index merely gained 80%. Now that in and of itself is amazing because 2008 brought about a significant global change and stock markets the world over, including our own TSX here at home, the biggest in Canada, fell drastically down onto their heels. Where most stock markets only made up the ground they lost. Silver and gold managed not only to make up the ground they lost, but as I said, to go on to a new highs within this bull market. And of course, gold was a great story. It broke its all-time high and it went even twice higher than up to the 1900 range. So to think that it won't happen again is to suggest that fundamentally we've seen a change. Anybody that knows silver through Guildhall or has listened to us speak, has been a fan of this radio show, knows we work on four simple fundamentals about this marketplace. One is the long-term expectation of weakness in the U.S. dollar. The second is the threat of long-term inflation. The third is geopolitical instability around the world and why regionally around the world people flock to assets like gold and silver. And the fourth is supply and demand. All of those fundamentals work in our favor, but to drive a market, you must remember that these are event-driven assets. Mm-hmm. We need a big event, a moment in time that will drive the marketplace. If you were to ask anyone if they saw the price of gold and silver skyrocketing right now, what would that represent about confidence in the U.S. dollar or confident in the economy, economic situation overall, what that might mean for supply and demand, what that might mean for inflation uh, driving the markets. And everyone would say, yeah, absolutely. It would mean that there's a problem with the U.S. dollar, that we're seeing inflation because if the U.S. dollar is going down, that means it's losing value. And everyone understands that as well. Everyone I talk to, and I hope I'm not just in a bubble here, is that I, I would I would ask, do you know what the value of the Canadian dollar is? We can't really give an answer to that, but what we can say is definitively we know prices on food are rising, prices on services are climbing, prices on energy are are climbing, prices on insurance are climbing, and this rising price is not just an effect of natural inflation or supply and demand. This is a result of the dollar losing value. It's becoming worth less. Now, you can create money as much as you want. There's no value there. To, to get gold and silver out of the ground takes blood, sweat, and tears, and it's, it's been a safe haven. It's been a way to store value for thousands of years. At Guildhall, you can simply buy it and take it home. You can, if you're buying you know, over 500 ounces of silver and you have to be concerned about the risk of storing it yourself, you can store it in, a, in an independent depository located in Toronto. We also offer this within an RRSP TFSA registered accounts, and we're going to be having a seminar about those type of accounts to educate our listeners on that. And we also do offer some financing for allocated product as well. But again, physical product, you can purchase it, take it home, you can put it in a depository, or if you want to put it in your TFSA, your RESP, your RRSP, your Lira, etc., we can do that. It's fully allocated, fully segregated. You can have access to your product as well. I don't know any other investment in precious metals that can do that that isn't a paper-denominated asset. We want there to be no counterparty risk. You want to know that the banking system could collapse and you still own your gold and silver. There's been no bail-in on your money. No one's coming coming to take it from you because you have your value stored in gold and silver. one eight seven seven eight silver online guild hall wealth.com Darren well as Jeremy mentioned I want to bring uh, some shed some light on the details for that seminar John that's uh, that seminar is coming up and uh, the date of that seminar is September the 30th I think right that's right September right. the 30th young and Finch young and Finch at the quest trade building at the floor uh, level and uh, it's going to be in the evening so start time is going to be 7 p.m yep It'll probably be about two hours there. If you're interested, you can also open up your Quest Trade slash Guildhall uh, RSP account and, of course, learn all about the ins and outs of the administration of the account, what type of account it is, and what else you can do with the account. You can also uh, trade other 
uh, assets. You don't have to just focus on precious metals. Questrade's a great company, and we're happy to be doing work with them. But if you look at the markets, as we were just saying, Jeremy was mentioning the ways to own gold and silver through Guildhall. The problem that most buyers are making, uh, you know, when it when it especially comes to silver today, is that they are assuming these exceptionally weak conditions are normal. And when you make those types of assumptions, you know the old saying. Uh, but the fact is that you cannot make those assumptions about these markets, given what we've just been through, because nothing is further from the truth. Back in early 2013, the U.S. Fed spun up its third quantitative easing campaign to full steam. Unlike quantitative easing one and two, QE3 was completely open-ended with no predetermined size or end. And this Fed used uh, this ambiguity to manipulate a lot of the trader psychology. So you saw a lot of the small guys thinking that, hey, no matter what I do, the stock market's going to go higher. And they've been doing it ever since and doing a great job at it. Whenever the stock market started to sell off, Fed officials were quick to step in uh, and declare that they could increase the size of QE if necessary. And that in and of itself kept people uh, at arm's length in terms of being sellers in this market. And that unfortunately created what they consider to be normal trading psychology or normal trading behavior. This created huge distortions in all kinds of markets, including stocks and all of the leading alternative investments that move contrary to them, uh, like gold. And with stocks magically levitating, obviously gold and silver were getting punished and abandoned. And naturally, silver obviously followed gold and silver's average price in 2012 before that QE3 debt monetization campaign uh, greatly skewed everything was over $31. And I think most people listening to the show forget how, uh, how little time has passed since that price was much higher. And anyone looking at an investment, you, you know, we talk to people every day. What kind of outlook? Oh, I'm long-term. What's long-term? Five years. What kind of gain in five years would you, would you like to have that would make you happy versus what you currently have? People's expectations in general are quite low. 8% a year would be astounding. Mm-hmm. And for silver to go back up to $30 and basically make 100% gain, you have to understand the way this market works. It will go sideways for a long time and you wake up one morning and the price has moved up two bucks and then you wake up at the end of the week and it's gone up another dollar and by the end of the month you look back and it's up four or five dollars and so it happens very very quickly if you're not involved before that happens then what happens is the market goes up you say well I'll buy it when it comes back down and then it goes up a little further and it's well I'll buy it when it comes back down and before you know it you're waving goodbye to a missed opportunity so it's important to understand the fundamentals the biggest obstacle I find to precious metals is advisors that deal in paper and clump silver in with all other commodities as though it was copper and it's just not you know In 1980, there was over 4 billion ounces of silver above ground. There were 3 billion people on the planet. Only North America and Europe invested in silver, and it went to $50. Today, Russia, China, India, all the BRIC nations are involved in this market. There's over 7 billion people on the planet, less than 1 billion ounces of silver. 500 million ounces get mined every year gone, vanished. It's in your computer. It's in your car. It's in your cell phone. It's in your plasma screen TV. It's being used. It's being used. It's in water purification. It's in solar power. It's in medical usages used to absorb bacteria naturally. So it's in lots of bandages and and, and things like this. So with all of these uses, more and more, we're dependent on this. Turn on a light switch. There's silver in it. These industrial usages say that we need this more than ever before, and there's less of it than ever before, and the price is lower historically than ever before. If that's not an opportunity to look at, to start to understand the fundamentals, then stick with what you have, and hopefully you're, you're content, and hopefully you're making your 6 to 8% a year. If those reasons aren't enough to jump on this bandwagon we're calling silver, Wait till we come back, and I'm going to tell you about a stunning development in the U.S. silver market. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number online to guildhallwealth.com. Check out the website, sign up for the seminar. It is happening September 30th, 7 to 9 p.m., Young and Finch at the Quest Trade office. Uh, you can also call this number as well, one 274 9570 to get on that as soon as you can. The Real Money Show continues. Talk Radio, AM 640.
Back into the Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver online, guildhallwealth.com, the precious metal advisor. Learn on the website as well how to use your RSP, TFSA, RESP to invest in silver and gold. The e-store is in the top right. You can start uh, literally buying silver online in the comfort of your own home. And there's a seminar coming up. If you want to learn more about precious metal investing, it's going to be September 30th, 7 to 9 p.m., Young and Finch. Uh, the Quest Trade Building, uh, more details when you sign up for that one. Space is limited, so make sure you, you get on it. Darren. For sure, John. There is limited space for this one. We are doing it with our partner, Quest Trade, in their building, and it is going to be a significant night. Again, I want to remind people that if you're interested in coming to learn about how to have an RSP, some type of registered savings plan uh, associated with the ownership of bullion in the form of gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, this could be an RSP, it could be an RSP, it could be a TFSA, RESP, any of the various types of RSPs are fine. And of course, you can use existing RSPs or TFSAs and migrate them over. So really easy to do. And again, a one great way you can uh, sort of diversify your portfolio. And before the market, uh, before we went to break, we were talking about a stunning development in the U.S. market. So I don't want to keep people waiting, uh, but this is one of those things that makes you shake your head and wonder where we're heading in the short term. It's exciting. The price is up slightly this week, just over 15 as we're taping the show. We don't know what the Fed announcement is going to be like today. And if you're watching the NFL, we're only in week two, but already I sense that there is a ton of interest in what's going to be the outcome. Same with us for silver. So we're sitting here. But I, I don't understand this this whole narrative that's out there with the Fed and rates and how it all gets so focused. It's like I was watching I was watching the, the debates yesterday, and everyone, whatever they say, they're right. Because whatever they say, it's in such a narrow context within its own place that they can't be wrong. And it's the same thing with, the, with, this, with this thing about the rates. You know, the rates have been low for seven years. That is an indication that whatever the Fed's decision was was wrong. That whatever they did, they had an inability from their side to correct the economic situation. Because at the end of the day, it's not their job. They interfered with the markets. There's no doubt about that. And it has not worked. So this debate about interest rates is ridiculous. They're not, what kind of rate would, hike would we be talking about? Everyone says a quarter point at most. If, that, if they did that and it damages the market in six months, they're no better off than where they are today if they left it. So it's a, it's a, it's a ridiculous narrative in my opinion. And I think it just... It just sideswipes the whole thing that we should be looking at, which is the debts in the U.S. have grown exponentially. They continue to build. That the debts continue to build. The uh, the money printing continues to build. There's no impetus to try to actually fix the situation. And so what you're going to be left with is a very volatile market, and that's what you have. And people think that silver and gold are volatile, Silver hasn't done a whole lot in the last year to to really be told, really be um, threatened with volatility. You know, it's low enough below the cost of production that one has to say, well, how much lower could it go? Pennies. How much higher could it go? Dollars. Big dollars. So again, this comes down to understanding the fundamentals. And if you if you are a fundamental investor, a value investor, you want to look at gold and silver. Even if it means buying some some uh, bars and coins to take home, you can do that. We do combos uh, through our e-store, and uh, you just log on, pick out your product, you can take it home. Or if you're getting up to a point where you say, no, I, I need to have 15 20% of my, my portfolio in gold and silver, then you could look to store it at a, at a depository where you have ease of liquidity, meaning you can buy and sell on a phone call, because the market will rise rapidly when it does, and you're going to want a, a way to get out of the market quick. You don't want to lug these mm-hmm. uh, you know, 70, 70 pounds worth of bullion or 300 pounds worth of bullion around in your car to, to sell your product. So we make it easy for clients to buy and sell. Um, we're competitive in pricing. And of course, the RSP is a new investment. People are really excited about it. I spoke to someone yesterday that said, how long have you been offering this? Because this is brand new to me and I'm very excited about it. And so we're, we're excited to offer it. But again, Look at the fundamentals and see if this is the right market. The market will only stay low for so long. 
Governments have been buying gold since 2008. There's shortages of physical silver in the market right now. And when you look at these factors in the market, you definitely get excited for the potential and the opportunity here. So, hey, look, I'm on the bandwagon, okay? I love the bandwagon. I think it's a smart place to be, Jeremy. And I'll tell you, if you're a new investor or an investor who's been watching this market for a number of years, this is the point in time where you become a fan. You become interested in owning something that's going to make money long term. And again, silver is a very interesting uh, portion of this marketplace and precious metals. And it's one that I like. I consider myself to be uh, certainly biased towards ownership of silver versus the other precious metals, but I love gold too. But as I was saying earlier, there has been a stunning development in the U.S. silver market. And one thing that people are probably well aware of through this show is that we pay attention to certain parts in the year where we are getting high demand. The Indian wedding season and festival season during uh, the months while the festival season runs from August to uh, October, and then again, the wedding seasons through usually the end of October through to December. And of course, that is usually on a scale of one to 10, a 10 for buying uh, demand for gold. And it has traditionally been that way. The tides are changing, John. What we're seeing over the short term is a stunning development over the last couple of months in exports out of the U.S. for silver bullion being moved to India. And how stunning do I mean? I mean literally off the charts. We went from having, if I go back even to 2014, month over month, we had in metric tons being exported to India from uh, U.S., probably in the neighborhood of maybe 0.1, 0.2, some months none, under a ton, metric ton. And all of a sudden in the month of May and June, in May we had 39 metric tons and in June 75 metric tons. And normally I've been focusing on U.S. silver bullion imports as they increase significantly this year. And we would overlook this data because it's just not, it usually doesn't have an impact. But this is an incredible moment in time in which if you're opening up your eyes and seeing what's happening, there's another country that's starting to buy silver. And we have talked about this at length, John. One of the reasons I'm on this bandwagon is because I believe long-term central banks like gold will want to start holding assets like silver. It happened a long time ago. We used to have lots of bullion above ground and silver was included in that number. And of course, when we used it up at the low prices during the 1980s and 90s, all of it basically went to waste. We don't recycle it. If you own a cell phone, it's not like you're pulling it apart before you get rid of it to take the silver out of those. They go in a junk pile and we're lucky here in North America if they get touched after that. But the fact is that that has silver in it. Like Jeremy was saying earlier, that's part of the equation, industrial demand. Now what this silver is going to be used for, I have no idea. It could be so many things, but I would assume it's a part of everything. It's going to be used in jewelry. It'll be used in industrial demand. But the fact that we went from having literally no metric tons being exported through the U.S. to India for years upon years to all of a sudden over month over month having uh, almost 110 or over 110 metric tons, that's a huge chunk of ounces that are no longer in the market. And all of this stuff, whether people know it or not, is being made to order. And when we put our orders through, what people don't realize is that you can't just call up and go and get your coin or bar. This stuff has to be ordered and majority of it is being made to order. It's coming from the supplier, i.e. the mine, and it's going right to the fabricators. And like oil refinery, there's very little... Uh, very few places around North America you can take product to be refined. We used to have a place here in Ontario in Brampton at Johnson Matthew that was a big, huge refiner of bullion, basically fallen off the face of the earth. And again, we don't see too many Johnson Matthew bars coming through here, especially not new ones. Inglehart, another refiner that was popular up until the late 80s, they closed their doors in the late 80s and anything in circulation is going to be post or pre-1990. So we go to Royal Canadian Mint, and the majority of our product at Guildhall is all Royal Canadian Mint, except for we have, uh, of course, the Eagle coins coming out of the U.S. and a bit of product from the U.S. But our suppliers, even there, we're getting massive delays. And this is adding to a story that's developing right now behind the scenes. I'm excited. It's bullish. People don't know it in the mainstream unless you're following the story of gold or silver. And you have a real shot here to take an acorn and turn it into an oak tree. In the U.S., we're waiting for one of our suppliers. They're going to take over a month to take delivery. So we're selling product that we currently have, 
and uh, hoping that the orders come in as as that uh, as that uh, inventory that we have is depleted down to nothing. So we're we're riding a razor's edge in terms of having product available for clients. But at this point, we're still able to provide, and uh, we're happy to do so. What it has meant, though, for the for the industry as a whole, is that premiums have risen. So. The paper price might say one thing, but your ability to buy that physical product is more expensive than it used to be unless you decide, okay, I'm going to place my order and I'm willing to wait six weeks. Most people aren't willing to wait to get their product. They want it right then and there. So, you know, yeah, if you want to wait for your product, you can place the order, get a bit of a lower price because you're you're in line. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. RSPs, RESPs, TFSAs, ways you can invest in precious metals. The e-store in the top right corner. And the seminar is coming up very shortly. It'll be September 30th at the Quest Trade Building. That'll be Young and Finch. Precious Metal Investing Seminar from 7 to 9 p.m. Make sure you contact Guildhall. Go to the website. Register early before the places and the seats are all taken. More of The Real Money Show coming up. Talk Radio, AM 640. Back to The Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. And for the length of this segment, check out guildhalldiamonds.com as well. Make sure you pick up the Precious Metal Advisor, TFSAs, RSPs, RESPs, all different ways you can invest in precious metals. The e-store is there. And a reminder, a reminder rather, before we get to our Diamond Talk, that is the seminar coming up, the Precious Metal Investing Seminar. September 30th, 7 to 9 p.m., Young and Finch at the Quest Trade Building. And you want to get on the website and register on that one, before all the seats are uh, gonzo out of there, let's talk diamonds, Darren. Jeremy, love this part. John, I'm excited about Colored Diamonds. This is an incredible moment in time. We're working on some significant things here in the office, and this is an area which is becoming mainstream. And like silver and like gold and the amazing moves that they had over very short periods of time, I have no doubt that in the near future you're going to get a situation that develops where the U.S. dollar starts to crash, inflation starts to set in, and assets like Colored Diamonds are going to have such astronomical moves in a single span of time that if you're an owner of this type of asset, you'll be extremely blown away at what this potentially does. And I'll tell you, we saw this in 1979, John, when colored diamonds went through the moon, 500% increase across the board in 1979 through 1980 because of the threat of inflation. Again, you saw silver and gold improve dramatically over that decade themselves. And when I think back to that time, having studied that period, I'm seeing the exact same thing develop here. So from a numbers perspective, it's the area where I excel. I like bringing it to our listeners. We develop something called the diamond comparison chart. And what it does is it takes a look at a snapshot of some similar diamonds and some exactly the same diamonds through a period of time from 2012 to 2015. Jeremy and I put this together and I want to get this circulated out there. I want people to really see what's been happening at Guild Hall. And what you'll find out very quickly is that yellows, pinks, and uh, in every type of color from fancy, fancy intense to fancy vivids have increased across the boards. But this chart shows it in number form, undeniable. The prices are there. And of course, if you owned one of these diamonds, you partook in this, so you've already seen it. This is not the type of asset, John, colored diamonds that we look at the same way as gold and silver. We don't wake up on a Monday morning and if week over week the price improves in the marketplace, decide we're just going to up and sell, hit a button, I'll put you on hold, and two minutes later have a price. This is an asset you wear. It's an asset that you can have, hold on to, enjoy, pass through the family, through generations, but at the same time know that the money you put in will never be lost. We've never, knock on wood, had an investor in a colored diamond at Guildhall lose a single penny of their investment. In fact, it's quite the contrary. But the reality is these aren't liquid assets. You can't wake up tomorrow and sell them. However, I've never come across anything that's given the type of potential consistent return as colored diamonds have. And from my experiences in this market, this is one of those type of investments you purchase, you get involved, you put it away. And whenever you check in on the market, every year or every other year, you're surprised at where prices have moved to. And this is a case of always having difficulty finding these diamonds because they're extremely rare. And when we're talking to people who are looking at getting involved in this market, one of the things that they want to do is start to get knowledgeable. They want to get educated and they want to do their quote-unquote research. 
And this is really actually something difficult in the colored diamond business because there's not a whole lot of information online. It really is a best-kept secret. Five, six years ago, there were really only a small handful of dealers who who dealt exclusively in natural fancy colored diamonds. Now there's a plethora of them because businesses are trying to get involved. But the first place to understand and to start to do the research is to really understand and appreciate quality. It's to go out there, go to jewelry stores, try to find a colored diamond, see what the ratio between colored diamond and white diamonds are in, in say, the retail sector. What's the quality of that, of that colored diamond that is available? And once you start to understand that and then come back to Guildhall to see the quality that Guildhall has and what the premiums of, of that quality represent we notice that the that clients start to get a lot more excited about the markets. You know, to find a one-carat, vivid, internally flawless yellow diamond is a very tough task. It is a tall order. And once you have it in your possession, you know what you have. And you don't want to let it go. Because if you do let it go, what are you going to do to replace it? How are you going to replace that rise in value year over year that you have? We currently have a couple one carat vivid yellows that are selling just over 50,000 US. It's surprising, but there was one point in time not too long ago within the last five years where that could have been purchased for 35,000 or even slightly less. So this is a market you want to be a part of. Now, as Darren was mentioning, it is not a liquid market, but the the trade-off of that quote-unquote, lack of instantaneous liquidity that you would get with stocks and, and, and the like is the potential for that much more money. You know, when you look at being able to buy, what, what's nice about colored diamonds is the more you invest, the higher the quality, and the higher the quality, the more rare that diamond is. And so you're buying rarity. You know, to be able to buy a half-carat pink diamond is incredibly rare if it's, inter- if it's v- very slightly included. You don't really see internally flawless pinks. And these are really difficult to find. And as a result, the prices are constantly moving up. Now, if you were making over 20% a year on, on a diamond like that, or even more, would it bother you if the diamond didn't find a buyer in a week or six weeks or half a year or even a year if all you have to do is continue to rise the price with the market and when it sells, it sells. It finds a home, it finds a home. They always do. It's an interesting market that way because people are always talking about demand. Well, no one asks what the demand for a Picasso is or for an Andy Warhol. But it doesn't mean that someone who owns an Andy Warhol is going to be able to sell it tomorrow, right? You lose that liquidity when you own an Andy Warhol. But on the other side of that, the type of potential for income that that can provide for you down the line is massive. So for anyone who has patience and wants the ability to make a lot of money in markets, you want to look at quality, you want to look at rarity, and you want to look at the diamonds that we have at Guildhall. You can do that. You can go to our Instagram account and see some of our diamonds. You can go to our Pinterest account and look at diamonds. You can go straight to the website at guildhalldiamonds.com and see the diamonds that are currently available and look at the type of quality and understand that every diamond that we have on that site is available right now. We own those diamonds. Darren, what if I want to? I just want to start. It's my first diamond. I just want to get in. What am I looking at? Well, John, it's an easy place to start. It would be a fancy yellow, and you'd be looking at the $14,000 range, and that's the entry level. And again, it's funny. I'll point back to a situation where just about a month ago, Nicole wrote a blog, maybe a little over a month ago, and in that blog, she was reciting a story from which she was invited to a dinner party with an old friend, and that friend had bought a diamond, and of course, she was introduced at that party to speak with some other women there. And the friend introduced her and said, colored diamonds are a wonderful investment. They make for a long-term gain that's second to none. And told them a little bit about Nicole and said, these diamonds start at as little as $9,999, 10000 And Nicole had to politely interrupt and say, unfortunately, when you bought your diamond a couple of years ago, they started at $9,999, but now they're starting at around 14000 And it doesn't take long to see that consistent gain that has come across all of the diamonds we've had at Guildhall Wealth Management. And I don't think that it's important uh, just to 
look at that from the perspective of gain only. As I said earlier, this is something that can be worn. If you have a wife or you are a woman who likes her jewelry and you want a piece that would uh, be able to show off or showcase your uh, ability to make a great decision, this is the all-in-one piece. We can have it custom designed. It can be worn. It could be in a pendant or necklace. It can be in a ring. And it can be in the ears. I mean, there's so many options available to you. And because... We're not a retail store. We don't have that overhead. We've been able to provide clients the ability to buy investment-grade colored diamonds, put them into handcrafted jewelry, and at over a third less the price than you would pay in the retail sector. To have a better diamond and to have it handcrafted, and yet the diamond is the, the, the purchase is still that much less than if you were to buy it in retail. So that can be exciting too for anyone who's looking to get engaged or get married or perhaps an anniversary coming up. And that's where we see a lot of people buying uh, colored diamonds, you know, 10, 15th anniversary. They want to do something different. And colored diamonds really do express individuality. That's why you're seeing all of the celebrities who are getting engaged are, are getting colored diamonds because they, they do express that much more individuality. And of course, they ha- these celebrities have the funds to um, overspend and, and, and get these really massive behemoth uh, colored diamonds. But you know, a one carat, one and a half carat fancy is is not uh, doesn't have to to ruin someone's bank account it, and can be very beautiful. So why is a lot of these places they'll sell you a diamond but they won't take them back or buy them back? Why? Oh, put me on the spot here, John. Well, look, a lot the, of reasons. The, 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 to me, the biggest factor is quality. When it's really difficult to find, for example, we were talking about one carat internally flawless vivid yellows. Those are incredibly difficult to find. And so to partner with the with the investor down the road to help them sell that diamond is a pleasure. Now, we're not talking about turning around and selling it after a year because there's taxes involved and you might not have surpassed that as of yet. Mm-hmm. But at some point, that diamond will have doubled, comfortably doubled in price and there'll be so much increase on the value that, that we're more than happy to, to assist the client. I think when people aren't looking to take back the diamonds, it might be a question of quality. If it, the, yeah. the diamond is an SI pink and maybe they overcharged for it, then there's no reason to take it back because those diamonds are having a tough time seeing those value increases every year. So I think for us, it's a question of quality. It's a question of rarity. And it doesn't get easier every year, I'll tell you that. It gets harder every year to find diamonds. I mean... There was a time where fancy pink diamonds in the 0.25 to, to 0.30 carat, and that sounds really small, but yeah. those were really popular investment entry-level diamonds where you could buy one for twenty-two to 25000 and today they're comfortably cl- close to, if not over 40000 Now, if you want that similar investment, you have to move down to the fancy. So to be able to get back those diamonds is is um, is a pleasure at the right time. Of course, you want to have everyone making doing well on the investment, and also not missing the opportunity. It's why we tell people to hold the diamond for five years. We want you to hold it for five years so we can show you what the market can do for the diamond, and you can see what the opportunity is. So that you ask yourself, do I really want to sell it after five? Why wouldn't I want to sell it after 10 or 15? Or why wouldn't I hold on to it for the maximum amount of time possible and then give myself, you know, a year or two to, to, to sell it, make it liquid and have all that cash? It's no different than when someone starts off in a studio apartment and they right. move up to the two-bedroom and then they move up to the house and then they move up to the three-car garage. And then at some point, they become empty nesters and they say, well, if I do sell this property which won't sell tomorrow. It make might some take some scratch. time. You make some good scratch and, and you've taken care of yourself. So the the diamond comparison just over a three-year period to me would get anyone excited. So definitely give us a call about that. You can contact us through guildhalldiamonds.com and ask us about the comparison chart because people want numbers, right? And these are pure numbers. 
We'll get to the uh, number right now, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhalldiamonds.com or guildhallwealth.com as well. When speaking about uh, precious metals, RSPs, RESPs, TFSAs, you can invest that way. You can click on the e-store in the top right corner, and there is a seminar coming up at the Quest Trade Building on September 30th, 7 to 9 p.m. That's a young and finch. You want to register online before all the seats are taken and you're left uh, out in the cold, so to speak. Well, it won't be cold. It'll be the end of September, but it'll be a little cooler anyway. The Real Money Show continues. Talk Radio AM 640. Real Money Show right here, Talk Radio, AM 640, 1-877-8-SILVER, guildhallwealth.com. You want to check out the Precious Metal Advisor, click on the e-store in the top right to start investing from home. There's a seminar coming up as well, a Precious Metal Seminar at the Quest Trade Building around the Young and Finch area, September 30th from 7 to 9 p.m. Register online before all the seats are taken out from underneath you. Darren, let's continue with our last segment here about uh, Precious Metals. Yeah. Well, let's summarize where we've been, John. We've talked about fundamentals in the silver marketplace being as good as ever. We've talked about sentiment being low and a contrarian opportunity for investors who are smart enough to jump on the bandwagon. We've talked about India imports of silver, which are exciting and happening below the radar. Biggest they've been, I've seen since I've been here, and that's saying a lot. I've been here since 2004. And of course, we've talked about where we're heading in terms of the marketplace. So we're thinking that silver is going to go back to 50, and we want to tell you why. We also talked about the industrial demand and all of the usages. and We just touched upon the usages of silver. But one thing we haven't discussed yet, Darren, which you mentioned that we would, is the ratios. We did. And the ratios are important to understand, Jeremy, because historically there has been a ratio between gold and silver based on what... Uh, historical people thought were the differences between the amount of gold and silver in the ground. That ratio had sat at 16 to 1 for hundreds, even thousands of years, even back to Roman times. And this is a ratio which stood the test of time. And even when that ratio got distorted, it has reverted back to its normal mean. If you look back and take, for example, 1979, the price of silver and gold going into January of 1980 hit all-time highs. Gold hit 850 per ounce and silver hit 52 per ounce. That ratio just happens to be 16 to 1. And of course, it relates to other ratios we've discussed. But during this bull market that began back in 2002, that ratio has fluctuated dramatically and has often given us key uh, indicators as to when to buy and sell. That ratio right now is nearing 76 wow. to 1. That's crazy. It was as high as 90 to 1 and as low as 32 to 1, and that ratio tells us everything we need to know. Silver is undervalued at present moment. And when we're, when we're talking about highest price, for example, back in 79 and also in 2011, when you're talking about a high price for gold and silver, I like to talk about, about maximum purchasing power. See, right now, your purchasing power with gold and silver is really low. You need a lot more gold and silver to buy what, what you should be able to buy. What that means, essentially, is that you can take your, your fiat currency, which is being printed like crazy and overvalued, <laughs> and be able to buy a real asset that will eventually become itself of, of a strong value where you'll need a lot less silver to buy the same amount of goods. You know, for example... You really shouldn't have to buy a house for 35,000 ounces of silver. I think anyone listening right now would have a tough time even visualizing how much silver that that actually is to purchase a plot of land. You shouldn't need 600, over 600 ounces of silver to buy a piece of property. You know, in 1980, when gold hit its maximum purchasing power, you only needed 125 to 150 ounces of gold to buy a house in Rosedale. Hmm. Think I about know. that. Think about that. We're not, talking, we're not talking 300 ounces for your average home in Toronto right now. We're talking over 600 ounces for an average home, not 125. So if you want to think about how undervalued gold is right now to property, now look at the Dow. The historic ratio when you hit your maximum purchasing power should be one-to-one -one with the Dow, meaning in, in 2011, gold hit, I think, three-to-one. We didn't quite get there, but that was pretty good. In 1980, it hit one-to-one. -one. If gold were to hit one-to-one -to, -one to the Dow right now, that's a massive move. So either the Dow is overvalued or gold is, gold is undervalued. 
if you're looking at the ratios. Well, I think it's important to acknowledge that. And as an investor, you should be having that knowledge in your back pocket is the key to diving in in moments like this and snapping up undervalued assets like silver. Gold is also, in my opinion, very undervalued, but not as much as silver. And both of these assets can be held through Guildhall. If you're a buyer, it's very simple to get on board. You can buy physical product just by creating an order either through our e-store online through our website or calling directly to one of the brokers and putting in a trade. You can obviously open up a storage facility. We've talked about it. This is a storage account. A depository account is what we refer to it as. And you can put 100-ounce bars in there, 10-ounce bars. You can even put 1,000-ounce silver bars in there, any denomination of gold, silver. And, of course, you also have the option to extend this a bit further to put this in your RSP, TFSAs, RESPs, RIFs, LIFs. This is an opportunity of a lifetime, as far as I'm concerned, to have such an undervalued asset be covered under one of those types of registered saving plans. And because silver and gold haven't done a whole lot in the last couple years, what you get is anyone who's purchased in the last few years is not looking to sell anytime right now. Mm. And the people who've capitulated or threw in the towel because they might have bought silver at higher prices, we're not seeing a lot of those people either. Otherwise, you'd have a flood of supply in the market, which you don't have right now. So if we're looking at a a three- to five-year outlook on precious metals, you have to ask yourself, if I put 10, 15, 20% of my portfolio into gold and silver at these low prices below the cost of production, what are the chances, and we're talking about not even doing any research, okay? What are the chances that silver could double in the next five years? Or just go to 30, just go to $25 in the next five years? And compare that to what you've seen in your own portfolio over the last few years. And I think you might, at worst, see an opportunity, a small opportunity to let say, you know what, let me, put a, let me put a toe in the water. Because again, the worst thing that happens is you don't put that toe in the water. The market goes up and you still don't put the toe in it. It goes up further and you, you say goodbye to an opportunity. Well, what it's, it, we've seen it happen a million times. Sorry, John, to interrupt you, but that's just the regular occurrence in the marketplace. If you're not astute enough, you're not paying attention, you don't have the balls to jump out there and take advantage of something that's undervalued like this, then that's going to represent an opportunity lost. First opportunity, make that call, one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Silverseek, uh, silverseek.com is a uh, website, Darren, and you have an article, Silver on Route to $50 Plus, right? That's right. It's part of the bandwagon this week. Mm-hmm. It's called Silver's Route to $50 and Beyond, and it's an article by Hubert Muhlman. It was posted on Tuesday of this week. It's a great article. I suggest anybody grab it. We might have put it in the Precious Metals Advisor, which is our free newsletter, by the way, so if you want that, please contact us, but it does touch base on some of the topics we were discussing today's show and the first sentence is, is just gets right into it. The Dow has been the biggest obstacle to a rise in precious metals due to it sucking up a lot of the available value on global markets. There will be no significant silver and gold rally while we have a rallying or a close to its high Dow. And again, we agree when all things are functioning equal and the stock markets are being artificially propped up with quantitative easing and every form of financing out there imaginable and banks are being pressured to buy into this and to tell their customers, which is the average Joe public, to also buy into this uh, falsity, then of course it makes it very difficult for other assets to explode and that's in case for silver and gold. So this is an article which uh, certainly shed some light on that and it says and I quote, for silver to rise significantly from here, value will have to be diverted away from those other competing instruments like the Dow. The Dow's price movement during the last two weeks of August might be signaling the beginning of value diverting from debt-fueled assets like the Dow to silver. And this article goes on to further discuss that relationship. We were just talking about ratios and the importance of understanding that brother, that brotherhood between silver and gold that's been shared for thousands of years. Likewise, Jeremy touched on the ratio between the Dow and gold. This is an equal partnership, and you have to look at these types of things in order to understand where the value is going to be found. And if people like this, like Hubert Muhlman, who have written extensively on this uh, topic uh, for years, are calling $50 silver, I mean, what's it to stop from going 50 to 60 or maybe 60 to 80 or even 80 to 150? I mean, at a point in time, there was investors who were skeptical about buying $5 silver. 
And when we told them we thought that based on the fundamentals we're seeing now in the marketplace that silver could become 20, they looked at us and said, happy, happy if it went to nine. You know, and at nine, an investor would say, I'm, I hear you saying 25 or 30, but I'd be happy if it went to 14. And at 20, an investor said, hey, if this went to 30, I'd be ecstatic. And it went to 49. So these are cyclical markets. These are historically cyclical markets, and they take time to develop. So we are seeing the very front entrance signs of this. Both metals, gold and silver, happen to be at very precarious moments. They are definitely sitting there right on the perch of amazing moment in time where both could easily rise very quickly. And I'm not going to sit here as a hypocrite and suggest that I don't think that there's still weakness in the market. There well could be. I just think, like Jeremy was mentioning before, that the downside is very limited at this point in time. David Morgan will have some information coming up on that when we do an interview with him at the end of the month. But again, definitely think there's limited downside here. I think the scary part, uh, Jeremy's usage, you talked about in the first segment. I was reading the other day that, I mean, we all know about Tesla and how much, uh, you know, the electric car has taken off and they're huge. Now I read that uh, Porsche is also going to be getting into the business with a four-door electric car in the next year and a half to compete with Tesla. And uh, Elon Musk's other half is the SpaceX program. Now he wants to, along with Virgin, put about 4,000 satellites around the globe so you can get Wi-Fi in places like the, the, the most remote part of the outback. They want to cover the earth in Wi-Fi. That, and you said all these things are going to take silver, right? It's, it's all going to take silver. It's Silver is so important to any sort of technology. Batteries... There's a lot of silver in batteries and solar power. I think, to me, the big one's going to be water purification. It's used a lot in water purification because it does absorb bacteria naturally. So even when you look at new technologies like transition lenses and sports clothing, silver's used in all of these things. So, yeah, absolutely, new technologies all the time. Silver is the number one element that's in most patents. It has the number one patents with, with that element in it. So, you know, yeah, technology gets smaller, but at the same time, the the, the the amount of technology is constantly growing. So, yeah, I do think silver will be integral to all of those things. And, and as I mentioned earlier, the demand on silver is is at a, a highest point in history when we have the least amount available and the most amount of people. So when you start to look at the fundamentals for the market, it really does start to look exciting. Now, for anyone that wants to get involved, they can simply log on to guildhallwealth.com, go to the e-store. It's really easy to log in. Per- choose a, the type of product that you'd like to buy, press the button, and we'll book the order for you, and you can just make an appointment to come pick up your product. If you are really looking to get involved in the market, you can store that product at our depository, or again, just take it home, whichever you prefer. And if you want to use funds that are currently in an RSP or TFSA, we can absolutely accommodate you with allocated product, segregated product, that means it's separated out from all other holdings. It's allocated to you. You get your serial numbers and you get your own account number for that product. You can go and visit your product and take your own uh, auditing of it. It's insured by Lloyds of London. It doesn't get any better. There is no counterparty risk here. Simple to get on board. You can go online to guildhallwealth.com or call the, uh, pick up your cell and call one eight seven seven eight silver Both those technologies, by the way, have silver. Uh, call the number and make sure you get in on the seminar. There's going to be a natural, uh, or pardon me, a, a precious metal seminar happening with Quest Trade at their offices at Young & Finch. Get online and register before the date of the show, which is September 30th from 7 to 9 p.m. because seating is limited. This has been The Real Money Show on Talk Radio, AM 640.